Hello, hello, and welcome back to another e-commerce uncovered podcast. I'm your host, Matt Lady. I talk to really smart people, really cool people all the time, each week on this show, and I get to learn from them. This week, I got Sean from Blue Ox Digital. He's going to school us on all things uh, PPC ads and um, for e-commerce brands. So, Sean, thanks for, thanks for your time, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to... Uh... To hopefully share some uh, paid ad knowledge. Yeah, man. So what's what's kind of Blue Ox's, like, that's, first of all, love the name. <laughs> like, uh, I read a little bit on your site about, like, where it comes from. But if you want to just briefly explain, like, the agency and your perspective and your background, just to give them a little bit of context, it'd be uh, helpful. Yeah, so um, my background, first of all, is I, I came from another agency, actually, that was a boutique e-commerce agency. They're really good, um, great people. But, um, you know, I wanted to obviously fulfill my entrepreneurial bug. So I wanted to start something. Um, but at, when I, while I was there, I was working on a client account and kept getting, you know, pestered by this Google rep that was telling me to test this automation. Yeah, I think it was Target Roas at the time. Um, and so finally, I was just like, okay, I'll run an experiment. But I'm getting good results the way I'm doing it. So I'll run your experiment just to kind of show you that I can do what you're talking about. Uh, I ran the experiment and the manual bidding outperformed the target row as. Um, so, of course, I had to write a blog post about how I beat Google and their machine. Uh, and while I was writing that blog post, the kind of the, the blue ox came to me as like the Industrial Revolution and like Paul Bunyan and how he was kind of fighting you know, the, the trains and, and the, the lumber industry. And so that's where the blue ox comes from. Um, and that's kind of where my agency um, is wanting to go in that direction, where a lot of people are trying to automate a lot of things and it can work. It can. I try to do more of, you know, the personal manual stuff um, and I'll automate things here and there that make it easier. But for the most part, I'm not going to just set your account up and leave it. Yeah. Yeah. You're going <laughs> to... Uh, nice, nice story. I like that. Uh, makes a lot of sense with uh, the connection there. And so, yeah, a, an ox needs to keep like doing things. <laughs> you can't just like set them up and leave and like you gotta like direct them and like uh, make the most of it, right? So, I think there's uh, a fair amount of over automation and over just setting and forgetting and um not enough manual stuff and there's certain again times and places for each of that like you said um so i like that how that's the start of like uh your agency and it's been uh how how long have you been running blue ox so it started in january so oh sweet yeah nine months awesome sweet. yeah sweet yeah. yeah we we started in june um we were as freelancers at sunrise and then kind of been making it more agency official as we go um for sure so uh yeah was it and again this is more personal less e-commerce specific like was you wanting to go out on your own and build your own thing like partially because of what's been happening the last year and a half with pandemic and work and like clients and different stuff like that yeah so a lot of it was um but but kind of the opposite of how a lot of people were viewing it um for me uh, our agency kind of, you know, obviously had to shut down for a little bit, meaning everyone went remote. Um, but, you know, we focused on e-commerce, so e-commerce exploded. It got busy. Um, I'm not good at working from home. There's a lot of distractions at home for me. Uh, and so it, it, that was kind of just like the push where I was just like, okay, I can't work from home anymore. And so one of the first things I did when I started Blue Ox was like got an office um, and, and I needed to just kind of get away to go to another space to do my work, which, um, I've, I've really enjoyed actually a lot. Yeah. It's nice to bounce. Oh, sorry. It's nice to bounce ideas off of someone that's sitting next to you rather than like <laughs> slack them or, uh, try and get them on a zoom or something like that. Yeah. Even, even, even this is not as amazing of a conversation as it would be if we we're, I was 10 feet away from you, six feet away from you in person. Uh, there's just that different energy. It's different, like comfortability. You don't have to worry about looking at yourself on a screen. <laughs> you're like, you're just on the other person and the whiteboard. Right. So I totally get that. Uh, not enough people talk. I think 
myself included, talk about having that whole different space. As you can see, my my desk is <laughs> my bed is right behind me. It's uh, what I got to do for now, but it's having that space must be nice. Um, well, I mean, I think that view is kind of uh, less popular at the moment. A lot of people, you know, love the ability to kind of go wherever and work wherever and not have to go to an office. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's just kind of it didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's hard to, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I'm looking into office and different stuff too, different options uh, for that separation. So what is um, Blue Ox? Like who, what kind of clients do you typically have been working with? Uh, is it, I know, I know e-commerce, but like, is it any specific verticals? Is it kind of a wide mix? Is it different sizes? Just want to like tee us up for that. Yeah. So most of our clients now are on the smaller side. Um, we do have a couple lead gen clients. Um, but for the most part, it's e-commerce because, you know, we want that shopping feed, shopping ads stuff. That's kind of where our niche is niche. Um, but they're on the smaller side. Some are, you know, just one person running a business. Um, some are uh, just a few people, but they all tend to be smaller budgets, um, smaller revenue. So it, it, it can be more of a challenge, um, which, which I prefer when you have those smaller budgets to make sure that you're getting the most out of every dollar that you're spending. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what the mix looks like right now. Sweet. Yeah, so that, that'll be good for us. And as we talk the next 30, 40 minutes is that coming from that angle, right? Like uh, you you have been seeing smaller accounts and budgets and working with that over the last year or so. What have you, um, what has been a recent challenge or win, uh, one, one of both if you want, uh, that you've seen recently as we kind of transition into Q4 heading into Black Friday? What's been like something that's worked really well or what's been a challenge um, just so we can give some perspective on um, what's going on, what we're seeing in accounts. Yeah. I mean, this might be the, the, the obvious one for Q4 and Black Friday and what's happening, but inventory, um, supply chain, uh, even clients where I wouldn't like they make their own, you know, gadgets and uh, it's little, you know, they have a machine basically, but the machines are breaking down and they can't get the parts to replace the machine. So even the accounts where I didn't think there'd be a supply chain issue, there's a supply chain issue. And, um, it's really hard, um, for them obviously to, to deal with these issues, but also on our side, when products are going in and out of stock or, um, you know, best sellers aren't there, or there's a wait time because we're getting into that area where you're going to have to start getting, uh, your, your holiday gifts shipped soon if you want them in time. And so if there's any sort of delay, it's going to really hurt those conversion rates. Yeah. So yeah, that's super common right now. Um, generally speaking around this time, but especially this year in, in 2020 yeah. is, uh, I think this year's way, I think way worse, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, we've had to pivot to different strategies than we normally do. Um, for some clients, maybe focusing on what they have in stock rather than maybe their top sellers that it's hard to keep in stock. Um, and trying to get them uh, more exposure for those uh, supplementary products. Um, and then, you know, kind of just fit, moving everything up timeline-wise. Like if we're worried that if we wait till Black Friday, we're not going to be able to ship it in time, let's just run a sale now that you would have ran on Black Friday. Um, and you're going to have less competition anyways if you do it now. Yep. Yeah, there's always that. Uh, the benefit of doing that early is you avoid the competition uh, hopefully you catch people in the buying mood. Maybe you know your subset of audience is like more prone to buy like early. So that's cool. Um, that makes sense. And what, what's been something that you said different tactics and like moving it up in these other products? Like just personally, like how, how, how have you been having those conversations with clients of like, cool, like this is not your best seller. This is not like, uh, this is not, can't expect the same numbers right away can't expect the same scale. Uh, how are you having those conversations um, with your clients? Well, luckily we started early. Like we started these conversations like way back in the summer because we, we could see what was coming, right? Um, and so it, it, it helps to get them along with it from the beginning because, you know, if they're helping me plan, 
which products we're going to, you know, push when it gets to this time way back in July, they're going to know that those are the products that we are selling. And they might not have, you know, as good a margin or, you know, uh, sell as good, but they're kind of prepared for that. Um, I mean, on every call, you do have to remind them, like, this holiday is going to look different than last holidays. Uh, everything's kind of going crazy. So um, it, it's been fairly easy to have those conversations. People know what's going on. Um, and clients are, are pretty forgiving and, and gracious right now. So thank thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been a challenge for everyone involved. Uh, great growth in the beginning of the pandemic, but lots of lots of challenges. Um, and so with uh, the ads you run for clients, is it mostly on like the Google side or also are you doing paid social as well? We do a little bit of paid social. Um, not as much. It's I'm getting a lot of requests right now for paid social, so we might have to start doing a little bit more. Um, but I I came up as like a Google Google person, you know. Um, we had a different department that kind of handled social, um, and so you know, I would rather focus on Google and Bing, but um, I, I do have some experience in that area. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So then Google and Bing is. Like, tell me a little bit more about how that's been different the last year and a half, because I'm opposite. I'm social guy. Someone else handled the Google and it's like people, it's so funny talking to people not quite in our domain. They're like, ads are ads. Like, what do you mean you don't do that platform? It's like, you would understand. But so tell, so tell me a little bit more about maybe how things have changed uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, like any trends, any like huge differences in strategy or if there have been similar to iOS 14 and 15, if there's been major shifts in the like tech or tools or features, I uh, would love just kind of like a rundown on that from the last while here. Yeah. <clears throat> so similar to the iOS update, Google has said that they're going to be more privacy focused and that started I think last fall. Um, and so basically they, t they took away most of the search queries. So what someone actually searches, um, we used to be able to see, to see, you know, okay, did we want that click or was that click not very good? And we can add a negative. Um, so that's a huge change. And especially for the way that, um, I like to set up shopping campaigns. It's very query focused. Um, you know, I'm willing to pay more for a good query than a bad query. Um, which I think, makes logical sense. But, um, so that was a huge change. Um, we've adapted and you can still see the, the queries in analytics. You just don't get the cost data there. Um, and so it's basically just kind of adapting our processes to these changes, um, and making sure that we have coverage of the things that we need to have coverage of. Um, and then the other changes are basically a push for automation, which, Starting my company uh, against automation right before all this automation was kind of pushed was a headache. <laughs> um, but Google wants to kind of control ad copy a little bit more than they used to. They want to control uh, bidding a little bit more than they used to. Um, and so it's trying to find that happy medium of making Google happy to, to make sure that our ads are showing as much as they could be with not giving them full reins of, of the account and making sure we keep an eye on it and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh man. It's so, it's fascinating just over the years of like how it's shifted and turned and it's been like super manual in the beginning. And it's like on, on Facebook side, it was like, Oh, the CBO campaign budget optimization is like this big thing. They're going to make it mandatory. And then now they didn't. So yeah. So I can totally relate on like that back and forth and, it's, I think our platforms and our daily jobs change more than a lot of people. And like, I think that's something I forget about a lot just because I've just been in this for almost six years now, right? Like, uh, that's all I know and all we know. So it's good to have that perspective. Um, has, has there yeah. been like a significant increase in ability to spend or like, availability in terms of inventory like i just don't know how it works as well on the google and bing side of like search and traffic and stuff like that versus 
Like, I know on Facebook there was a time where it was so much cheaper because everyone's stuck at home, right? Everyone's in quarantine. They're just sitting scrolling on Facebook and Instagram. So we had cheaper costs. Just didn't know if, like, that was similar or not. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of depends on the client. Um, the one thing that we kind of have seen is as Google's been a little bit more lax with their targeting, so from letting exact match be, like, exactly what someone's searching, you used to be able to target that. Now it's, you can get, like, variations of what they're searching, and that's the best that you can do. So with that, um, you, you're starting to compete with a lot more advertisers for that same query because it, it's more broad. Um, and so when you start to compete with more advertisers, you start to see the, the cost per click go up. Um, and the one place where I noticed it, like, a large amount was on brand ads. Um, all of a sudden, like, our cost per clicks were, you know, 100 to 200% higher month over month. And I was trying to figure out why. And then I realized when I did a couple searches that if the other accounts aren't negating your brand and your brand has like, you know, uh, let's just say there's a, an agency out there that's just called uh, Acme Advertising Agency. Every other advertising agency could be bidding on your brand by searching for advertising agency. Uh, and so it wasn't that more people were bidding on the brand. It was that the targeting got uh, much more broad. I see. Okay. Got it. And so because you couldn't be like digital advertising agency specializing in e-commerce, it's just advertising agency. And that's so many different things. I see. So we take that same thing and apply it to women's shoes. <laughs> it's not like women's athletic running shoes for CrossFit uh, or like women's shoes, you know, like nice dress shoes for women, right? Like that's, I yeah. see, I and, see. And like before we used to be able to be like women's high heel shoes, which, you know, that's a little bit better than just women's shoes. But Google's kind of being like, no, we know what people want, you know, and even if they just search for women's shoes, even though you told us that you only want to show up for high heel shoes, we might show your ad. And so now you're competing with athletic shoes because the people that have athletic in their keyword also are going to show up for that same search. And so it's just, um, it's a mixture of not being able to target as well and trying to keep up with negating out terms that you don't need. Yeah. Oh man, that's, that's, that, that sounds stuff. <laughs> that sounds annoying. Yeah. Uh, having other people like unintentionally or intentionally like bidding on that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, what's like, if I'm a, like, how do I get started with PPC? Right. Like I, again, I'm not as well versed on this side of things for Google and Bing. If I'm a founder, like what, at what point would you recommend people start running ads or like at what budgets, uh, just like, what's a starting point? Like what's like, let's get into some more foundational stuff. Okay. <clears throat> so I what I tell people when, when they're kind of just started up was, um, first of all, I would give it at least three months. So make sure you have three months of budget from the start. Um, a new account can take a, a decent amount of time to get data in it, which then, you know, Google wants that data to know if they're serving up the right ad. Um, and so new accounts can take a while to get to a point where they're, they're profitable or even showing efficiently or anything like that. And so I would try and give it three months if you can. Um, the other thing would be depending on, you know, a lot of different factors, like, if you're in a service industry, CPCs can be hundreds of dollars. So for one click, you're spending, you know, 250. Um, e-commerce, it's a, a little bit better than that. Um, there, again, there are some a little bit, it's a lot better. It's like, you know, $5. Um, but it still can range. And so what I like to tell people is, um, you know, it's hard to do a broad generality, but like 750 a month would be like, that's, that's going to be close. We'll see if we can do it, um, just for Google. Um, and then I would try and start pretty, pretty narrow with your targeting as much as you can because of the things we just talked about. And then if you're not spending, open it up from there rather than starting and spending a hundred dollars the first day. Uh, and then you have, you know, a seventh of your budget gone in one day. Right. Okay. Yeah. So start small, really narrow in, and, um, is it like of that budget? 
uh, how much would you say is like defensive of brand search and like protecting your own terms in like your branded stuff versus c- competing against others like with without the branded terms? Yeah, uh, I would say, I mean, like 90 to 95% should be focused on not your brand, your brand, your brand ads should be fairly cheap. Um, I mean, like in like the five cents, if, if other people are doing well in your industry about getting negatives in there to, you know, maybe a dollar on the high side. Um, so if you keep your brand to your brand, um, it shouldn't be spending a ton. Um, and so you'd really want to spend most of that budget trying to get new people that maybe haven't heard of your brand and keep your brand costs pretty low. I see. Yeah. So about 90%, like 90, 95% cold traffic or prospecting, so to, so to speak. And then brand, uh, is kind of like retargeting, I guess. Um, if it, or it could be if they like visited your site before, but brand doesn't have to mean that, right? Like they could just have seen your Facebook ad and then been like, oh, I don't want to click on the link. I'm going to come over to Google and type in the brand and say so-and-so reviews, right? Like that's what you mean by branding, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a lot of discussions that we had um, as far as starting up social would be, we want to kind of track social, obviously talking to you about this, you know, a little bit differently um, in the sense of maybe we see if our brand clicks increase to see if the Facebook ad is working. You know, because that means people kind of remember your ad from Facebook and they go to Google to search it and that they're close. They don't know your domain necessarily, but they remember the name. So we use uh, the brand to do, you know, track YouTube videos, to track Facebook, stuff like that. Yeah. So, okay. So then um, that's good to know that like they sort of, they can like mutually beneficial and like can play off each other. Uh Okay, so about seven fifty, maybe round up to a thousand dollars, about starting point, right? Like at least, right? Like bare minimum, yeah. sort of starting point. Three three months budget, so maybe three thousand bucks over ninety days. And then, would you recommend um, if for a kind of standard founder? I know it's hard to have these best practices all the time, but I have this three thousand dollars. I have a brand, but I have this budget. I'm cool with spending it. Should I come to you or should I try to run it myself for the first three months and see if I can learn the platform and like figure it out? Or would I should, should I just be like, hey, Sean, here's my money? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's a tough question. Uh, I think a little bit of both. Um, what I would recommend would be if, if, if you're at the minimums, like probably don't go agency. You might be able to find some some freelancers out there that are going to be a little bit cheaper than agencies. Um, and there's some good freelancers doing good work out there. So I wouldn't say don't do that route or anything. Agencies, you know, with tools and, and employees and stuff like that, they just cost a little bit more. Um, so if you're at that minimum, maybe don't go searching for an agency just yet. And that's where I think Google does do a good job of like the automation piece, right? So if you're not hiring an agency, you can use a lot of that automation to help you. Um, whereas, I kind of look down on it a little bit from my point of view because that's what you're hiring me to do. Um, and so I think there are some cool tools that Google's put out there to help people that are just starting out to kind of test the waters before maybe making that next jump. Sweet. Okay. So at the bare minimum, probably just do it yourself. Maybe a freelancer kind of depends on maybe your cash position. If you have a little bit extra room to go, you can spare that freelancer expense on top of this ad spend. But if you're a little more tight, then, you know, kind of have to invest that time and figure it out yourself, right? Um, Okay, so then I'm going to do it myself, uh, my $3,000 next 90 days. What is the general process you would, like, consult someone on of, like, cool, uh, our consult, then you go do it for 90 days. I have my budget, I have my setup, I, whatever, like, um what would you tell someone like that's just getting started? Like say you're a friend who's just like, Hey, I just started this brand a while ago. I'm at this point. What would you tell them to get started with? Yeah, I would say since, since we're talking e-commerce, the first thing you should set up would be a shopping feed. Make sure you set up a Google merchant center and that's where your shopping feed goes to then send to Google ads. And basically 
your shopping feed doesn't use keywords uh, like normal ads do, and they don't show as text ads. They're the little you know pictures with the prices on the top of Google. Those are going to be a lot cheaper than a text ad because there's there's more per page than text ads are. Um, but you can start there, and there's a, a tool called Smart Shopping inside of Google where you can kind of have Google be the one to kind of guide that shopping strategy. And basically what you would do is set up um, some sort of automated bidding strategy, whether that be like a target CPA or a target ROAS. Uh, and then the downside of this is usually those bidding strategies need history to then optimize themselves. So it, it, it is going to be a rough go if you start that way. Um, but make sure that your conversion tracking is all, all good so that Google can make sure to get you, um, you know, the most valuable clicks that it can. Um, and then, you know, from there, make sure you have a shopping campaign. I would set up, you know, some pretty, pretty long tailed bottom of the funnel, uh, type campaigns where you're going to use probably exact and maybe a little bit of phrase to, to make sure that if someone's searching for something really close to your product, your ad's going to be there. And that's going to be the cheapest way to make sure that you're not spending money on on those broad like shoes searches that people are going to do. Yeah, I, I'm a running shoe. I, I don't want the high heel bidding. Like, yeah, yeah. so really try yeah. to with that. So to help help guide Google on that, would that be including terms like athletic and running shoes and stuff like that? Or is it like what what do, how do I actually go about trying to do that? So. Yeah, using like long tail, so like long tail mean like four or five words per keyword um, is going to help. Um, Google has to get a little bit closer if you're using like those types. You might not get as much traffic, um, but like I said, let's start small and then kind of grow from there if you're not seeing much. Then maybe go down to three word or two word keywords. Um, but something like if your running shoe is, is specifically designed for, for trail running or something like that, you know, like have a trail running shoe or something like that as a keyword where then you're not competing with Nike and, and Adidas to, to get these running shoes. Right. Okay, cool. So start small, start closer to you, and then expand out over time. Uh, try to keep that. Probably your budget is tight for a reason. <laughs> you're, you're just getting started. You you can't just go for the home runs. You just start with the walks and singles, you know, like start in, start close and then get efficiency, learn the platform, figure out, give Google more data, and then start to expand out, right? Is that kind of what I'm yeah. hearing? Yeah, that's what I would recommend. Sweet. Okay. Uh, going from there, then, uh, kind of moving more into optimization. Say we got it all set up, we launched, it's been two, four weeks. And I, I'd imagine at two or four weeks uh, at that spend is probably kind of enough data to start looking and, like, determining some things so what are what are the things you're looking at and what would you tell your friend uh look at these metrics and um to know what to do next yeah so i think some of the key ones especially for the for the keyword portion of it would be looking at um your keywords making sure one keyword isn't spending a ton and none of your other keywords are spending anything um it would be fine if that keyword is just performing great and, and driving a ton of conversions, but most likely that's not going to be the case. And then maybe you either have to lower the bid on that keyword or, or take that keyword out altogether to try and get some, some data to your other keywords. Um, the other thing to look at would be, uh, the click through rate of, of both your ads and your keywords. Um, click through rates can, uh, can kind of tell you if there's an issue, if your click through rates are point something percent you're probably targeting something too broad or your ad needs a little bit more work. Um, and so a, a, a decent click-through rate should be, I don't know, like at a minimum one and a half, two percent, but I would, I would aim for a little bit better than that. Okay. Um, the other thing that you can look at would just be conversion rates. Like, are these people going to my product page and not converting? Cause then you might have an issue where maybe they're reading your ad and expecting something and they get to your page and it's something else. And so they're, they're bouncing, they're not converting. Um, and so it, it's kind of just like looking at each of these metrics and trying to figure out, okay, why are these people that are doing these searches not buying my product? Um, and, and kind of working backwards almost. 
So you put on your investigator hat, go check out what the data is telling you so far, and then make decisions all together. Don't just say, ah, click-through rate's too low, and like just do something right away. Try to like right. go look at each of these, pull out what you think, and then look at it all together. Um, I yeah. like I like what you said about the the conversion rate because that's like uh, on paid social side for an example if people are more familiar with Facebook for, uh, if the, that are listening is like the creative like this is such a big thing is our creative needs to be on brand versus like UGC more raw like not as good creative man brand owners love their brand and want to have it on point and like so put together all the time but it's like it's in a social feed it's they, they got half a second to two seconds to look at it they're not sitting and watching a netflix movie that's like super produced right uh right. so just wanted to like draw, try to draw that like comparison between the two platforms of like think like it's actually about the performance and it's like what is driving revenue not what you think is like working or what should be working like try to listen to the data right like and that's yeah. hard sometimes <laughs> yeah sometimes it's humbling it's like i wrote this awesome ad and it just has a terrible click-through rate i'm just like i don't want to edit it it's so good but you got to listen to the data <laughs> right right and you're so often us as marketers and like brand owners as well we're too close we're way too close to the brand and product we think about it every single day all day it, it's sometimes in our bedrooms, like packing orders and stuff. Like people are just experiencing it for the first time, second time. They know nothing, next to nothing compared to us. So being able to simplify that down in the, those key messages to make you stand out, oh, it's tough. But um, that's why you get multiple and you do testing, right? So um, yeah. kind of going back into that. Um, it, so. Is that both for search and shopping? Is the kind of your recommendations there of like those metrics? Um, for shopping, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, smart shopping, you have a lot less data to look at. It's kind of like a, the black box of Google. <laughs> so really the only optimization you can kind of do there is to play with uh, your bid adjustment. Like, oh, did I set my ROAS too high? Am I not getting any impressions? Um, or oh, did I set it too low and things are going terribly? I need to raise it up a little bit. Let's tighten everything up. Yeah, um, That's like the main adjustment you can do. You can, you can, the the other side of that is you can work on your feed. So if you notice that maybe the click-through rate isn't very good on your shopping ads, which shopping ads are going to have the lowest click-through rate. So that's a harder one to even say what a good click-through rate is. But that's one thing that you can work on in smart shopping. Like, Spruce up your titles, make sure they're catchy. Maybe get some star reviews if you can into your product. Um, you know, if you can do some sort of like free shipping decal or something like that, those will all help with click through rate because that's what the person is going to see. Um, and then it's also going to help with your targeting to make sure that you're showing for the right people. Like that whole feed is basically your optimization for shopping, um, outside of the Google platform. So. There's a lot you can do with that to fix it as well. That that gets a lot more complicated and a lot less. Uh, uh, it's more amb ambiguous, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> because th the data is not connected right there like it is inside the platform. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, so and then with um, I know like I know for search like for certain you can just pick whatever landing page. It doesn't have to be the product page. With Google Shopping, is it? Do you get to pick the landing page or is it automatically the like product page? Yeah, it's just automatically the product page um, and it has to line up with exactly what's in the feed. So uh, it's not like you can put like, you know, one price on your, your sh thing to try and get people like, hey, we're cheap and then yeah, raise yeah. the price on your landing page. Yeah, yeah. yeah it has to okay. be exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so landing pages are... Do you recommend landing pages for uh, search ads versus shopping ads? Or does it kind of depend on pr uh, spend levels? Is it product dependent? Like, what would you start to determine uh, landing page versus PDP? Yeah. I mean, that's like a lot of good tests to do. And I would recommend, if, especially if you're starting out, see which one does better. Uh, the benefits of category pages are if you have a lot of, lot of products in the same, you know, way, send them there and let the person choose which one they want, right? 
The benefit of the product page for search ads would be, you know, maybe I don't have a ton of products and this is obviously my best seller. Like this is the one that people want. Like take away that step that they have to go from category to product page and just put them right there. Let them do their thing. Um, but that's definitely something that you always kind of want to test. The other downfall of category pages sometimes is they have a lot less copy on the pages. Um, and so it can kind of hurt your quality score inside of Google because uh, there's not as much keywords for them to match up your ad to the landing page to make sure that you're not sending this person to a random page. Okay, I see. So collection pages typically is just the collect a collection of products, and the right. there's maybe one sentence at the top of like what the collection is. It's like this is our fall collection. <laughs> it's like uh, it right. doesn't really share that much. It's just the titles <laughs> of the products. Um, I see. So that affects that could potentially affect. Um, your performance there. Okay, got it. So, uh, I, I heard you mention a couple times now, uh, like CPA bidding versus ROAS bidding. So, like cost per acquisition versus return on ad spend. But what's the difference? Like, what would you recommend this new person? Right, like we're going back to our kind of scenario as we go here. What would you recommend starting out with? Um, most of the time for e-commerce, you're going to want to use target ROAS. There's probably a few exceptions where you'd think about uh, a CPA type model. Since CPA is, you know, cost per acquisition, so we're just saying uh, we want to, you know, get every customer for, you know, $100. Um, if your products are all the same price, that might make sense. Uh, then it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, or if maybe you're on some sort of subscription model and you have some goals that are relate, like around uh -huh. client retention or client acquisition. It could make sense to go CPA, but for the most part, you kind of want Google to be thinking of the return that you're going to get um, for each click. If that's going to be a bigger product or a smaller product, a, a bigger bundle. I mean, I, I still say Google's not great at knowing all of that before a click, which it would be hard to know all of that. But um, th it's going to be better that way than a target CPA where you know you have one product that's $500 and one product that's $5. You don't necessarily want to spend a hundred dollars for each five dollar product that you're selling. No, not quite. Uh, yeah, you'd run through your test budget pretty quick, uh, yeah. not getting anything back. Okay, target ROAS, got it. And are those the two main like bidding uh, styles, like bidding options? Yeah, um, I mean the other main one would be manual bidding, where you're in there setting a bid um, and and telling Google like you can't pay more than this is basically how it would work. Um, and then there are other ones like maximize clicks. So if you want like a lot of traffic going to your site, you set a budget and then you're like, Google maximize my clicks. There's also a maximize conversions. I've seen not as good of results of those, especially with smaller budgets. Um, so I tend to say, you know, give Google some, some restraint, you know, don't just let them go out there and be like, we're going to get all the clicks for you. It's like, no, you can get all the clicks Under. if they're going to convert. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So typically max ROAS. Uh, subscription or if you have LTV or widely different products or similar products, maybe uh, CPA. Okay. Got it. Um, is there uh, I had a question earlier. Um, it was something about like your best sellers and how how do you structure campaigns, um, like search campaigns, shopping campaigns? I don't, I don't know if there's a big difference between them in terms of like I have a best sell. I have like, I have an, my, the brand we're talking about that we're making up is like, there's an obvious bestseller. Like it's a, there's a hero skew, like a good way to intro the brand is like 75% of purchases, right. Is like this thing. And then all the 25% of the other purchases is a couple other products. Do I set my budget entirely for that hero skew? Because that's the best way into the brand. Or do I also set my budget? Like, 75% for that brand, like for that product, and then the 25% for the rest. Uh, my answers are always going to start with it depends. Yeah, no, good. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, that it, it's true. Um, I, I think the big uh, depends on this case is what, what your goals are. If your goal is just to, to try and make money and you're okay with selling one product, go for it. Send it to the product page. Just nail that one product. If your goal is to, you know, try and 
you know, replicate the success of that one product with other products and kind of get more of a mix of your SKUs. Um, and maybe use maybe that product as, as kind of a, okay, that's going to get us our, our revenue to then test out all of these other products. I think that's a viable option too. Um, and it, it might be better in the long run to not focus everything on one product, but to, uh, try and get more visibility into the other ones and maybe use that product. Like, um, I mean, there's ways to set up, you know, remarketing campaigns or something where, okay, you bought our top seller. You might like this, or, um, you saw that top seller, but didn't like it. Maybe you'd like this one, something like that. Okay. And that, that retargeting remarketing is, um, both search and shopping, or is it one or the other? So you can add it to like the, uh, like if someone's been to your site, I can say, I'm going to bid more for you when you do your next search. Ah. It's like, they've already shown interest in it. Right. So I'm going to bid a little bit more. Um, there are dynamic. So the, to answer your question, it's both shopping and search. Okay. Um, and so, um, there are ways to where not to get too, too into the weeds here, but where, you know, maybe you've been to my site before. Um, and so, you know, I'm a running shoe company. Um, and now, now you're searching shoes. I could just target you since you're searching shoes with my running shoe ad again. Um, and so you can get a little bit more broad if you know that they've already been to the site and they've already know a little bit about you. That's how you kind of use it on the search side on, on the shopping side. Um, it's dynamic remarketing. And so basically, I mean, everyone's seeing the ads, you look at one thing and you see it, you know, over and over again, as you're going through the internet. Um, it, it can be, you know, a complimentary product, a supplementary product, all, all those things. Cool. Okay. Um, sweet. And then as, uh, I'm gonna start, I, I say this every time and I think it's so dumb, but I'm going to start landing the plane and like bringing us in down for the end of the interview here, uh, this conversation. Uh, so just a couple more questions, uh, to start wrapping up is getting to the end of that three months. I spent my budget. It went well. Whatever that means, whatever the success, I made money back, uh, got more customers, I learned a bit more about Google. When is the right time to hire Sean? When is the right time to tell the client, no, keep doing it yourself? When is it like, oh, just get a freelancer because of X, Y, and Z, because uh, you also want to try Facebook too? Like, talk, like, I'm sure you turn, like, you turn down clients at times and it's not the right fit and the right timing and all that. Like, tell me more about what you would think to tell that client that's now had that 30, uh, sorry, three months of 90 days, like, of data and starting point now. Well, yeah. So the three months is actually, like, a gift to me, too, right, going into an account. I don't have to, like, try and guess at what's going to happen. I have a little data there. Um, and so what I would do is I'd go in and look at it and say, okay, here's what you were doing. Here's, like, the adjustments that I would make. What do I see that? like growth wise being, and then kind of talk to, to the person and say, here's what I think we can do, you know, um, and then kind of put my fees into it. Does it make it profitable if we add my fees into it? Um, if it doesn't make it profitable, how long are you willing for it to be unprofitable before getting to profitable? Um, cause you know, sometimes it's, it's, Hey, this account's a winner and I think we can grow this. Sometimes it's like, this might be better off for you to do in it, in it, in it, or at least it's not ready yet. You know, uh, it's not going to make sense. I don't think we're going to get to profitable anytime soon. Um, and so let's not spend money on me necessarily and, and focus more on, on spinning on Google and getting more data in there so that maybe in, in three months you can come back and we can look at it again. Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah. Oh no. If you had anything else, please go ahead. No, no, no. I okay. it. Oh, cool. Uh, I think that was so good. Like, um, <laughs> us agencies and freelancers, not all of us are just trying to take your money and like make a living. Like a lot of us care more about doing the job correctly than earning a couple extra bucks because it's like, I, it sucks to just, it's not working. Like the numbers do not make sense. Like this is not the right time. And we people like, I'm not saying we're like holier than thou and like so much better, but we'll tell the client, Hey, not right now. <laughs> Come back in three or six months. I think, right. I think, I think that I'm just trying to like speak for and like empathize with brand owners of like, do your vetting and research and talk to multiple people and hire, just hire Sean for 30 minutes or an hour. If you do con consult calls just to like ask him like, Hey, 
Like, is this the right time? This is what this other agency said. And this pricing, like, can you audit this? What, you know? I think stuff like that is um, way smaller of an investment. Uh, a couple hundred dollars for a consulting call or an audit versus multiple thousands a month for, like, the yeah. management fees, you know? So I just, like, really liked that point and wanted to emphasize it and make a big fuss about it because uh, I've always I've been alongside right there with you in terms of not the right time. No, thanks. Like it's not, it's not you. It's like the situation and all that. And it's just like, I don't want to burn your money unless you know that and are like willing to accept that. Um, yeah. So I just, I just have to like shout that out um, some more. Um, cool, man. So what is there like, uh, Okay. It's almost Black Friday at the time of this recording. We're about three, four weeks out. Uh, how how does search and shopping differ or not uh, during this holiday time? Like, in terms of strategy and pricing, keywords, volume, like, th- that sort of stuff. Well, th- the demand obviously goes up. You know, a lot of people are going to start searching, you know. Um, and so as the demand goes up, you're going to see people get... Uh, more competitive with their bids. Uh, they're going to get more competitive on their pricing. They're going to get more competitive about everything. And so it, it's kind of just like, I, I get excited for it. I think most uh, e-commerce people do. It's like uh, the, the Super Bowl of your e-commerce store for the year. Yep. And you're just like, okay, we've worked on this strategy since July. Here we go. We're going to test it out. Um, and, and, and just kind of it's the main event and we're ready to go. Um, but it, it does get more expensive. It does. There's a lot more clicks. It, it just kind of gets a little bit, uh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, stakes are higher, uh, higher, higher bids. Like you said, more, more volume, but also way more competition. Uh, bigger brands can just bully and just bid like crazy. Cause they have so yep. much budget and between, direct to consumer channels versus wholesale versus Amazon versus their own retail stores. Like they have so much more, uh, on me channel presence and like can afford to bid more than the average and small D to C to brand. They can afford to drop their prices lower too and really try and get you. Yeah. So they have double, they can outbid you and out discount you. So it's like, Oh man, that's, that that's, that's really tough. Um, yeah, cool. What, what's, um, either for brand owners heading into their first or second Black Friday, or even even service providers, freelancers, other agency folks, uh, junior in-house people. What's, what are some words of wisdom? What are some of your favorite things to think about to uh, start with heading into the season? And I know usually the answer is like, start planning 90 days ago. <laughs> and like, you know, like, I know that's like probably the right answer. Uh, can't time travel right now maybe like maybe for next year but if you're 30 days out ish right now like what what are the things you can be doing what are you thinking about what are you doing today to help set up like that super bowl big win uh during friday through uh, monday yeah so like right now what we're doing is we're making sure all the ad copies ready right we we know our discounts now we don't want to be writing ad copy week of black friday it'll put us way behind the game uh, so we want to make sure all of our ad copies ready. We want to make sure, you know, promotions are, uh, are scheduled in the accounts. You can do promotion extensions on shopping and search. Make sure that those are ready to go. Definitely keep an eye on the competition. When are they going to start ramping up their spend? Um, and then basically you're trying to do anything now that makes that week less hectic for you. Like what can I take care of now so that on that week I can just be you know, looking at what's happening and making real-time adjustments rather than trying to go back and do something. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is um, is key to know that that for a smaller brands, this is probably the only time you can do that daily and tweaking and playing around so frequently. Throughout the rest of the year, you probably don't want to be changing stuff every single day and like messing with your budgets, especially if you're on that like, uh, lower lower end right so i think that's really good to call out there uh and plan again plan ahead it something's gonna happen there's gonna be like a disapproval or like something's yeah. gonna get stuck your merchant center's gonna like disconnect or something <laughs> yeah that's the big one right there is even right now we're starting to see merchant center merchant center disapprovals 
So make sure that you're going into the merchant center now dealing with any disapprovals because you don't want it shut down, you know, Wednesday and you have a suspension and you're screwed for the weekend. Yeah. Oh God, that's, that's so frustrating. Um, are there spend limits on accounts in Google and Facebook? We have to like reach out to the rep and be like, Hey, I'm about to spend more money. Can you raise my ad spend limit? Is, is, do they have that for Google? It, it depends on how you set up your, uh, how you set up your account. For the most part, you're not going to run into that. Um, but some people prefer to set it up that way and they basically pay ahead of spend. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would be something to check to make sure that, um, you're not just going to get shut down in the middle of anything. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's so like s- simple and small, but like the credit card that's on file, like, is it up to date and like not the expired one or, oh, it's the one with the like, better rewards points like for the brand owners like all these little things you know add up over time and no better time to check it out than before the super bowl it's like this final tune-up uh how what's what's one word of advice one uh kind of final piece of help uh something that's you've seen in past black fridays that you want to kind of leave people with as we uh end this episode of like how to navigate during the day during the week of the big super bowl day um i would say the big thing is just kind of what we're talking about now like you should be thinking about it now and then you should keep thinking about it up until like don't just wait for friday to be like looking at things things that people are either early to that sometimes your competitors are doing early black friday sales uh they're gonna start uh, i've seen people planning november 1st black friday stuff happening. And so it's keep an eye on everything that's happening, kind of competitors, what's happening with your budgets. Um, right now is the time to start like really checking it every day. If you don't check it every day, um, and make sure there's not huge changes anywhere happening, um, that, that are unplanned. I guess if you want to have a huge change and spend some more, that's fine. But if, if it's an unplanned change, uh, dig into that. Awesome, man. There's definitely, oh, sorry. I was going to say there's definitely been times where um, uh, people have taken their eye off the ball maybe or like, hey, Black Friday's over and then like miss something the next week where it's just like Cyber Monday sale goes on or something like that. And it's that was an opportunity missed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That makes that makes sense. So think about it now. Keep keep being aware of it. Prep as much as you can ahead of time. Um, got it. Okay. Sean, really appreciate your time, man. Uh, where, where can people learn more about Blue Ox, learn to connect with you, uh, if they just want to follow up after the episode? Yeah. Uh, blueoxdigital.com is our site. We have some, some information up there. Uh, uh, I'm trying to blog a little bit more, so hopefully I'll have some more useful stuff there. Um, and then on Twitter, I do a lot of, uh, PPC tips. Um, and that'd just be SLE2134 on Twitter. Awesome. We'll get those linked up. Go talk to, uh, go talk to Sean. Uh, really, really time flew by, got schooled on PPC and Google and bang. And, uh, I just love learning from people like you. So appreciate your time, man. And I hope hopefully everyone else had a good, uh, good time with Sean and I appreciate you listening. We'll catch you on the next episode.